Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we've got some news type things to talk about, mostly rumors, but an Agatha feature was was dropped on the WandaVision Blu-ray, DVD, Steelbook, box set thing, and we're going to talk about that, and, you know, some feedback that we may or may not get to all of. <coughs> all that and more of this that we have no control over. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would and credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff, it's good to have you back, buddy. (laughs) I know we had a couple weeks uh, after Loki, you couldn't make it, and it's just good to be chatting with you again. And timing sucks, you know? (laughs) Just in general. Oh, yeah, sure. Just timing things. I know. I hate those little things where you're trying to win the tickets in the arcade, and they spin around, and you hit it. My timing sucks, is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I just, there's not enough time in the day for me to do everything that I want to do. Oh, me too. And oh, me know, too. prioritization's a, a tough uh a tough thing to learn. Yeah. Me and uh me and my my, my girlfriend just we're we're raising my niece now and um it's just sort of this like we have so many goals every day of like, yeah. all right, we're gonna get all of this done and it'll be like a list of things and it's just like it, our time is not our own. You know what I mean? Like we don't yep. decide it's like we have this big day planned. Oh, four hours got eaten up by your kid doing something bad at school or this or that. She did something very bad at school this week, which I won't flame her for on the podcast, but it was very bad. And we got, Oof. uh, had bit, we had, we spent an hour and a half inside the principal's office today. Oh, uh, so just, man, you know, our time man. is not our own. We, we just keep thinking like, well, why am I so frustrated and not be able to get everything done? Oh, right. We don't own our time anymore. Like, like, yeah. we just can't, like, they're just some days we can't do what we want to do. Yeah. Having a kid does that. It's, it's crazy. Like the, like I, I was, you know, before the second divorce, <laughs> I was, mm-hmm. uh, I had acquired a, a family, uh, you know, complete with still, kids and everything. I still think one of my favorite jokes about when, when you, when you were, you decided to step away from the podcast when you were trying to make your, your second marriage work. Uh, you were trying to, you decided to step away from the podcast for, you know, you, you stayed away for a few months or whatever. Um, and uh, I, I just said to you, Jeff, you've been with the podcast longer. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't choose us over her. <laughs> yep. Choose us over them. And guess what? We're guess still what, here. Baby? <laughs> We're still here. <laughs> We've been through it. We've been through everything together. <laughs> oh man! I, oh, I think from the funny. beginning of both. So this is getting way personal. Sorry. I oh think yeah. From the beginning and end of both marriages, right? Yeah. We started yeah. before. I couldn't remember if we started before you got married the first time or in the middle of it. We got started uh, when I was. Oh, that was 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was 
A few months before the first marriage, yeah. Yeah. Because that next March is when that, that first marriage happened. <laughs> We're still here. <laughs> Anybody that thinks I'm afraid of commitment? Nah. Next time you get married, I'm going to be like, sure, you can have him for however many nights this is, but he's going home with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <All> right. That's <laughs> my bad relationship choices are just <laughs> becoming so dark and weird. Yeah, it's really really a dark joke we're having here. Sorry about that, yeah. everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, right at the beginning of the podcast. Hey, you I know, know that, that institution of marriage that sounds so great? Nah. <laughs> the podcast will last you longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on that note. Uh, <laughs> Until death of the MCU cast do we part. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, until <laughs> until death of the MCU do us part, right? Like, oh, yeah, 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 we're yeah. with it till the universe dies, uh, <laughs> till full <laughs> reboot occurs, <laughs> and even then, even then, we'll probably continue talking about these characters. Oh shit! <laughs> the thing that I was trying to get to is that, like, when I acquired that family, it was like, you know, every bit of time went to the kids or uh, the podcast, and you know, there was no time for anything else. And yeah. like, I didn't have hobbies anymore. My hobbies mm-hmm. went away. Like my, and maybe that's, maybe that's why I, maybe that's why that marriage ended was because I was trying so hard Yeah, to go to the podcast. When you, when you try so hard, you have to, in any relationship, you know, as you said, sanctity of marriage and all that, but like, uh. I don't want to. I don't want to insult the sanctity of marriage that pe- people. Uh, but like any relationship where you have to like give up everything you, everything else you love <laughs> to yeah. make it work, and like don't have any time to be yourself and be you in your own setting, is 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 it's hard. It's just hard. Like I I've hear been that's there. problematic. Yeah, it's problematic. I, I've I've also had a, had relationships like that. Um, that sort of just slowly eat away at each part of your life until that's the, that's all you're allowed to do if you want to maintain peace in the relationship. It's like, well, no, we gotta, you gotta be you, I gotta be me, and we gotta come together to be us. You know what I mean? Like, you can't yeah. let yourself be consumed completely. You didn't think this was going to turn into a psychology of of relationships podcast episode, did you? Chatting about life, Jeff. We just chatting about life. <laughs> There's no new content. We got to talk about something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we do have news, and I think a good bit of interesting news, honestly. Um, particularly, uh, the it was announced this week, or it was reported this week, that Michael Waldron will be leading the writing for Avengers Kang Dynasty. Why, Michael Waldron of Loki writing yes. fame? He is the writer on Loki. Um, he's the one. It is. It's, he is the created by credits. Oh. Um, and he's, I think, listed on all 12 episodes. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, and then also yeah. he was a writer on um, Multiverse of Madness. So he's deep in the multiverse stuff for for Marvel. Um, the biggest thing for me about this story, though, is that like they're still giving Avengers Kang Dynasty a writer. Right. And they're still calling it Avengers Kang Dynasty. <laughs> exactly. And maybe that will change. Uh, I've heard a lot of people... T- talking about different things they could do and different options. Obviously we've talked about 
the possibility of uh, Doom replacing Kang. That was a that was a story I think we talked about last week um, or two weeks ago. And um, another one is like that maybe they'll do like kind of a Secret Wars Part One and Two sort of situation instead of like like Kang Dynasty just kind of gets skipped over and we just go straight to Secret Wars. Like there's a lot of options like that out there, um, but. Just the fact that they're still calling this Kang Dynasty and naming a new writer for it. And it's the writer who created Loki, which heavily features Kang and Jonathan Majors. It's it's interesting because that that writer has worked so much with that character and that actor. And we'll see if that means that they're heading towards this, like doing this movie the way they've been planning all along. Sure. Um, there's another thing that might come of that, actually, uh, now that I think about it. Um, so in the comics, there was an event, uh, known as AVX, Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah. And that was basically like, um, the, you know, the, the mutants have, you know, the population has dwindled or, uh, become almost extinct after, you know, M day or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then like only a hundred left. Right. Isn't that right? It was like 198 or something. Oh, okay. Um, but like the, the whole thing was that like the Avengers handle, you know, the big world threatening events or whatever. And they never really care about what happens to mutants, even though there's a couple of mutants on the team, but there's not like, really a uh, a tie to the X-Men and I feel like they could use that kind of uh that kind of idea of Avengers versus X-Men along with the incursions mm. uh and cuz like some of that was happening as well if memory serves uh it's been a while since I've read AV- AVX um but then, like, they could use that idea of Avengers versus X-Men and have, like, the team from one universe battling against the team from this universe. And um, you know, with, especially at the end of, of Multiverse of Madness, where, you know, Doctor Strange is going to try to fix incursions, like, that, that kind of just leads right into that of, like, oh, you caused these universes to collide, and now the people are, like, at war with each other. Like, the superhero teams that are defending the worlds are fighting against each other, and then they have to come together to fight, you know, solve the bigger problem or whatever, lead directly into Secret Wars kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And spoiler alert for Miss Marvel. I'm sorry, The Marvels. Um, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, three, two, one. Beast, Beast. is at the end. <laughs> And that that's that's another part of it is that like they showed us Beast in yeah. that other universe there. Mm-hmm. And like we've seen Professor X in you know yes. the 818 838 838 818 is the uh area code <laughs> for phone numbers here. <laughs> that's funny. That's the thing that's like so interesting about that appearance of Beast at the end of the Marvels. What universe is that? Yeah, is that the 838? I don't know. Yeah. Like, it can't be though, because he said Charles wants something, and Charles Xavier in A three eight is dead. Unless we have some time hinkiness going on, which is possible but not likely, because I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to place this all in time because, um, <laughs> sure, Doctor Strange happens. Do we do we have a locked in time for when Doctor Strange happens, or could it possibly slide around in the time? I'm sure in the time official timelines they've released, but I can't remember in the movie 
if there's anything that, we know it happens after no way home yep but we don't know anything else and no way home happened 6 months to a year after end game right so we just don't i don't know if we have a exact timeline on what it is so that's just me being overly cautious but it, it like it, it seems like that's already happened I, they generally release them in release in chronological order unless otherwise specified sure the real question though for that at least is like where did the marvels happen in the timeline cuz like we're pretty certain on where doctor strange is but where did the marvels happen in the timeline yes yeah exactly well we know it happened after secret invasion Yep. Well, do we? Like, we thought we did. Um, and they had that meeting that they talk about at the end of Secret Invasion. They're going to, like, the Kree and the Skrull are going to meet. So, mm-hmm. we know that seems like it's happened right after, but, like, they don't have any... Like, that could be a different meeting. I, I don't know. It just felt... It, 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 and it felt like a completely different Fury. Yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so the like, thing that really frustrates me is it's clear. I, I, I don't know if we, you were on the cast when we talked about this. I think it was me and Ashley. Um, to me, it is clear there were darker moments in the Marvels that they got they cut out. Because I think we were supposed to know that he had a wife and that she was on that council on that planet when it was getting destroyed. And I think either, like, it would have really personalized it for Fury if his wife was on the planet, and instead we got no mention that he's married to a scroll. Like, that makes no sense to me. Why they would have that in the show, mention that she's going to work on the council, and then she's not shown or mentioned at the council this being attacked. Like, that should have been, like, a thing that personalized the story for Fury. Yeah. She also doesn't show up again, so she could have died there. Like that could yep. have been Fury losing his wife. But we get none of that. Like in in the Marvels, it just stays really like light and happy and kind of fun. Like, and then on that same scene, you know, movies tend to have this arc of like exciting adventure, dark moment of the soul, and then they kind of lift up at the end. Yeah, the Marvels had a moment where like Captain Marvel abandons all those people. Because she has to. She thinks yeah. she has to. You gotta and Ms. save Marvel's, everybody that you can. Right. And Miss Marvel becomes disillusioned. And that would have been the same moment where we would have found out Fury had either lost his wife or been like, you know. Anyway, I've said this on another episode, so I'm just reiterating <laughs> it for you. Thank you. You can, you know I don't listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just seems like there's a missing dark moment of the soul. And it seems like sure. it was a big setup for it. And then it didn't happen. And it just like, what? Why? I think they were going for that sort of with the uh, the singing, dancing water planet, uh, or the planet where water was taken. You know, <laughs> with those targeted uh, jump points. Yeah, things. yeah. Well, that's the other thing is like that. <laughs> Good point. But that's the thing. Like that's another big moment that should have been like, oh man, we lost a lot of people. But, like, it felt like they just jumped right back into the fun battle. You know what I mean? Like, it does yeah. not feel... Ah, I really like the movie. I really do. But it feels like Marvel is steering away from having heavy stakes. And with same sure. thing with Love and Thunder. Um, with It seemed like there was more they cut out that would have made that movie darker. 
And I, I just think they're making a bad decision. I think they're making like the decision to go with like, hey, let's keep it light and fun. Everybody likes a fun Marvel movie instead of being like, no, some of the things people love about Marvel movies is like, is the darkness of Tony when he's like in the cave hammering away. You know what I mean? Like there's those yeah. dark moments too. Well, the, it's the conflict. It's the it's the internal conflict that we love so much. Like, yeah, the, I, I was just thinking about the Winter Soldier. Like, that was such a huge thing of like Cap seeing his best friend from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And like, he could have just taken him out, right? He could have just ended the Winter Soldier and been like, cool, threat resolved. Like, we won. Mm-hmm. But no, that's his best friend. That is a person that he... Like, he would have taken so many bullets for it. Probably did. Would have mm-hmm. taken, you know, like, this is a guy that he grew up with. So, like, he's very conflicted. And he he has to, at the end of the day, do the right thing for, like, for society, you know, and stop Hydra. But, like, that doesn't necessarily include killing his best friend. Because, like, he can get him back is, you know, that was his thought. So, like, that kind of that kind of conflict and that, that sort of like internal struggle and like having options in front of you that like, man, these all suck and like trying to Mm -hmm. do the right thing and figure out what the right thing is. That's what's so great about the, these Marvel films. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think they've just in lieu of quiet, darker moments, they have decided to make as much as they can, like everything fun and exciting and like referential. And I think it's just, they've lost what some, they've lost some of the things. Like I still love the movies. <laughs> They're stealing our thing. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. We're supposed to talk about how fun and silly and referential it is. And like, then you guys make us get, you got to give us more to reference later, you know? Yeah. Like I think about the thing that popped into my mind, you're talking about Winter Soldier. The thing that popped into my mind was um, Erskine, sitting with a young Steve Rogers and having a glass of whiskey and just talking about what it means to be like strong and like what it means to have power. And like, it's like a quiet moment of two just adults sitting in a dank, like tent drinking whiskey, like, well, one drinking whiskey, one drinking two portions, no fluids. You can't have a procedure (laughs) tomorrow. So it's a great joke. But it also, like, they let that moment, like, linger, and they yeah. let you feel Steve Rogers' like, fear of the next day. Like, Yeah, they let us sit yeah. in the emotional weight of that moment, mm-hmm. you know, for long enough to let it sink in before yeah. they were like, here's a funny thing. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's funny thing there. But it doesn't ruin the moment. No, no. It, it feels funny coming from a character in Dark Moment. It, it feels like that kind of humor that a character would have there. Um, yeah, it, it, it's as much as I do love these movies still, and I think they're great. I just think they're like, they think Maybe the heart hit. of it is gone. No, not fully, no. not fully by any means, but like miss the mark a little bit. They're just, they're just sort of like, they're, they're forgetting what works. Sure. Man, y'all forgot where you came from. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. And, and like, again, not I'm not off the wagon. Like, I love Lo- Loki is amazing. God, Loki Loki's lets so us good. have those moments, you know? Yeah. And they should take a page from that. They should hear these reviews and what people are saying about Loki, and they should go like, oh, Loki has some weird, dark stuff in it. Loki has him lose – spoiler alert for Loki. Three, two, <laughs> one – 
everybody turns the strings in his hands and it's like really sad. And at the yeah. end, it's like this weird dark ending where he sits on a throne by himself. Like those are beautiful, like pathos filled dark moments that are also beautiful. Yeah. Where you have to make the bigger sacrifice, like the sacrifice play to be able to save as many people as you can. Yeah. And it just feels like they, they're trying to make the big pop bubblegum popcorn movies of that. And then they're not letting them breathe. I mean, the Marvels again, shortest movie they've ever made. It's just like, nope, yeah. we're going to cut out all the dark stuff and make it fun. And I'm just, that's a speculation. I don't know if there was dark stuff in there, but like, it seems like there was. It feels like they saw the negative reaction to Secret Invasion and took out a whole Nick Fury subplot. Um, <laughs> and I am annoyed at that. Sure, sure. The theory I posited on the previous episode was that that Nick Fury subplot was also where you really got the Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel discussing what happened on the planet and like discussing sacrifice and all that stuff. And like, we really missed out on those, that dark moment of the soul because it was a combined scene and they were like, we need to lose this Nick Fury thing that nobody liked. And they just ripped the whole thing out. Like, that's, that's my theory. Ooh, I don't know if yeah. it's true, but it feels true. <laughs> <laughs> that's the headcanon. <laughs> well, so maybe we'll get those, those nice, like, you know, deeply rooted, for lack of a better term, <laughs> like a tree, you know, mm. like Yggdrasil, ah, mm-hmm. deeply rooted character moments with Michael Waldron going to uh, be the head writer on Avengers. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. And him having experience with a lot of the main players, um, with uh, America Chavez, who I'm sure will be important to the multiverse saga going forward with her power set. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and Doctor Strange, of course. Uh, Wanda, if she returns, uh, any version of Wanda, she, he, he, the the multiverse, Loki, like the TVA, like all these things that Michael Waldron helped create, are things that like will be important in a Kang dynasty. Yeah. So in the multiverse yeah. saga, I'm down. I'm down. Hell yeah! You mentioned Wanda. I think Wanda is going to be like Wanda's super important for Agatha, right? Yes. And like the the Agatha um, featurette happened on the Wandavision. Yes, box yes, set. yes, yes, yes. Uh, and we're going to talk about it right after this. Ooh, ooh! Look at that tease. That was nice. Welcome back to and Marvel we're Cinematic. Back. <laughs> Come on. Sorry. <laughs> okay. The <laughs> yes, as you mentioned before, we took our break. Agatha um, ha- dropped a uh, featurette on the Wandavision box set. Uh, what what do you think? What do you think of this featurette? A lot of new little like behind the scenes footage and such. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a, a fair amount of like footage from the Wandavision series, which you know, of course we we. Uh, expect on the the WandaVision box set. But this featurette is talking specifically about like the character of Agatha and why they chose to do an Agatha series and how that spinoff's gonna work and like yep. uh, Dark Hole Diaries like, is what yeah. it's called. Oh oh right right Dark Hole Diaries. Um it's hard because it was House of Harkness, Coven of Chaos, Dark Hole Diaries. God. Um but pick uh, a name, guys. Yeah. 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 Um they, Catherine Hahn talks in that about how, like, 
Agatha, the character, would like love the fact that she was a spinoff. Like, you know, like yeah, the, the, the sort of meta character. Of yeah, absolutely. And I think that's super fun. And so, like, we didn't see anything that was like from the camera perspective. We didn't get anything that was like, uh, yeah, like actual footage only behind from, the scenes from Agatha Dark Old Diaries. But we did get behind the scenes stuff that, like, that was really interesting. Mm hmm. The thing that I found most interesting was well, well, there's a shot in it that in this featurette that focuses on a neon sign that says past, present, future. And yep. we've talked a lot about how like we think this show would work really well as like sort of a flashbacky type show because Agatha's been around so long and kind of tell her story from the past and and the present, sort of a lost type type of show, I think. Yeah. Because that's where we really got to know Agatha in WandaVision is when we walked through uh, Wanda's past and everything that happened. Yes, absolutely. And we even get to see, I think it's the beginning of that episode, we get to see her like in the 1800s or 1700s, something like that, getting yeah. her powers and stuff from her coven or whatever. Um, the, the the thing that interests me, though, was the so we had, kind of have that going, but we see her in outfits from WandaVision, but shooting new scenes. Yep. So to me, it seems that we're going to relive a lot of moments from Agatha's perspective on WandaVision, like the time period of WandaVision. It shows her throughout the decades of WandaVision, like she's in her little 80s workout outfit. She's in her modern family style outfit. She's yeah. in, um, and they're new scenes, which means they're going to somehow, re either she's going to go through some stuff where she actually goes back in time again, sort of, or these are just scenes that are going to like pick out moments from the WandaVision series and show more things, you know? Well, there's, there's one in particular, uh, a minute and two seconds in, mm. it's a shot that is her in that eighties, uh, exercise outfit. Yeah. And she looks like she's in a medical examiner's office, like a coroner's office. Yeah. 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 Because there's a table with a body and uh, a, like a body with a cloth draped over it behind her. Yes, in that in that shot. So like mm -hmm. that was never <laughs> featured in in Wandavision, right? Like yeah, a coroner's office was never a thing. So like they're they're digging into something. I don't. I I can't. Like there's not enough of that shot of that scene to to tell. But like they're digging into something. Yes. There also was a few other little featured things on the DVD that showed some interesting tidbits that could be related. Like they show, um, they, they, they reveal a, a deleted scene where Ralph Boner is revealed to be the witness that Jimmy Woo is looking for, which is just kind of a weird little thing. And also sure. <laughs> there's a scene that shows her flirting in, in her, 1950s or like in her housewife character she's flirting with a fireman um she like says something like uh oh i could use mouth to mouth um she's like i'm <laughs> i'm okay but i could use mouth to mouth um so she's she's got a whole like there, there are other little tidbits that are showing things from the wandavision time period that like may give us even more clues as to what's going on in this show you know there's another shot in this thing at a at about a minute eleven, it looks like it's that same coroner's office, but her outfit, her her hair and makeup and outfit have changed to not be the '80s style anymore. Hmm. 
Like she seems to be in just like a modern, uh, like a turtleneck, basically. Yeah, I see that. And, and well, the thing is, what's really interesting is if we do see her in the WandaVision era, we might get sort of this like behind the scenes of WandaVision. Like, like where she was off. working in the background the whole time? Yeah, exactly. So like that, the fact that, that she's that, that, in her 80s attire in that scene, and then she's also wearing her regular clothes or whatever, like it, it makes sense that cause she could be like hopping around. She could oh, be yeah. popping in and out of character, I guess is what I'm saying. Or like, uh, oh, I get you. Um, it might be, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So like, I'm sorry, disjointed thoughts are, are uh, an issue <laughs> for us. Um, what if that was like a scene where she was in that medical examiner's office and was looking at, or like, you know, trying to investigate something, like figuring out what's going on with this body or whatever. Uh, and then she, like her costume was changed into that 80s, uh, you know, workout outfit because like her scene was coming up and Wanda like thought of her and like, that was the the cue to like, oh, I got to go because I'm, you know, I'm in a scene coming up. I got to go to this thing. Mm, yeah. I can't do this this thing that I want anymore because, you know, it's, it's time for me to go do a scene. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. I like that. Um, either that or when Wanda put the hex on her to stay uh, Agatha, maybe she's sort of like, maybe she's shifting between the versions of herself. Like, Ooh. still. Like, because at the end, she kind of turns into a modern version of Agatha as, like, the character. But what if she's, like, she could still be playing the different versions of herself from the different time periods, like, kind of warping back and forth. Yeah, like, today she wakes up and she's 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's less likely, but it's possible. Sure. There's an odd shot in there that looks like there's Aubrey Plaza. Yes. In, a, um, in some, some rigging to, like, lift her up. Mm-hmm. And um And she's in like a and, cloak. Yeah, well it looks like a like a robe. Yeah. And I I'm hmm. I'm wondering if the the outfit that it looks like she's in that, that Aubrey Plaza's in looks uh bizarre. You know, like it's got cutouts yeah. in the in the waist and in the shoulders, but she I looks think like some that, sort of magic user. If if I, yeah, like, looks which, like a magic user, and I'm I'm wondering if if she's like potentially related to Clea, and and uh, the whole Doctor Strange thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. Is like this is a window into the. WandaVision world, of course, but it's also the bigger story here is that we might get Mephisto, we might get connections to Clea and Doctor Strange, what they're doing, we might find out more about the multiverse through the eyes of magic users, you know? Yep. Um, I don't know, man. This, this, it's very exciting. So definitely should check out this featurette. They've got it on uh, Agatha Darkhold Diaries' first look, HD preview or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, you can Google find it. it. You can find it on YouTube. <laughs> Um, pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, okay. So we also, we got, we got a lot of little news things. So let's give move, move, move on, I guess. Um, Chris Evans and Tom Holland both came out with statements this week, which well, were asked in interviews about returning to their roles of Captain America and Spider-Man. And both of them gave like 
in my opinion, strangely similar answers. So I put these two stories together because I just thought they were interesting. Like, basically, Chris Evans said, no one's spoken to me about it, turning, he's talking about. And look, I will never say never, but but I really, I'm very protective. It's a very precious role to me, so it would have to be just right. And then... Also, Tom Holland came out and uh, someone asked him about it. He said, all I can say is that we are uh, have been actively engaging in conversations about what it could potentially look like um, for a fourth rendition of my character. Whether or not we can find a way to do it justice to the character is another thing. I feel very protective over Spider-Man. He goes on to say more things, but that's like, it just I just found that interesting that they both are coming out with such similar statements, like a, in the same week, the same couple days, really, those, those articles dropped. I know yeah, it's sort of like very protective. Yeah, they're both talking like, about how like almost like they've been fed that by some legal team. Or <laughs> my, my theory, my my uh, uh, red string theory, let's call it, uh, is that there are talks actively happening right now, sure. and this is their this is their public stance to say, Marvel, I'm willing, but you better better back up the money truck or like you you know this is the negotiation <laughs> sort of part of the story like they're they're interested sure. they but they're also putting forth this like i would return if it was right which sort of like lends to itself to like if i return you know it's right which like lends me to say like they're going to announce eventually that they're returning and you can know that there are good stewards of these characters when people leave these roles for good, you often hear them kind of shit talk. Those characters are like, you know, it was fun playing a uh, like comic book character for kids for a while. Like that kind of stuff starts to yeah. come out. But in these, they, they just feel very much like, I might return to this role that is very important and precious. And I would never do a movie that's not great in theaters in 2027. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be <laughs> wonderful. Sure. Yeah. Or it could just be the generic response that oh, yeah. like they're just leaving it open. Nope, Jeff, I'm right. It's totally okay. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> no, it's just my conspiracy theory. And I love that the quote from Tom Holland is like so much longer than Chris Evans' quote. Oh yeah, well, they I'm sure they, they both went on in the interviews, but uh well like Tom Holland is so like verbose and and ADHD and blabby. Like he cannot True. stop talking. So like it <laughs> True. makes sense. Which has got him in trouble on multiple occasions. It has. <laughs> <laughs> I I love though that you know Tom specifically says that you know they've been actively engaging in conversations about it. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously, would be for like a character that is still like actively you know in the MCU. I would be surprised if Chris Evans' uh, Captain America doesn't show up in a Brave New World. Oh man, let's get him and Isaiah Bradley together. And they're yeah. just like playing dominoes uh, on the park <laughs> on the park table. Yes, or chess. You know, either one. They've got two tables. One's chess and one's dominoes. Do it at the same time because yeah. they're super soldiers. Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I want it. I want that. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a really fun idea, um, and. You know, we, we now know the Young Avengers are going to be a thing. 
spoiler alert again. Yeah, uh, right. because Miss Marvel ended, or uh, the Marvel ended with Miss Marvel going around putting together a team. So I think the the Young Avengers are happening, and so we're gonna need our uh, uh, Patriot, right? Isn't that the Yep, Patriot is the character. Patriot, that, uh, Bradley. What's his name? Uh, that was Elijah. Elijah, Elijah Bradley. Bradley. Thank you. Yep. Whew. Been a while. Been a while since we talked about all this comic books. Um, <laughs> and the last story, uh, which is definitely just rumor, just all rumor, but Anya Taylor Joy is rumored to be a Fantastic Four character. Uh, she's a lead in Queen's Gambit, and specifically been rumored to possibly be the Silver Surfer. But she was, she was Ileana. Who's she was Ileana Rasputin. It, wait, when? In what? In uh, New Mutants. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she was um, Magic, is the character name. Interesting. Uh, the little I'd sister of Colossus. I had totally forgotten that. Yeah. <laughs> she was the one that, uh, that yelled, Demon Bear! Uh, that's nice. the one line I remember from that movie. That's funny. She's such a like Hollywood darling now after Queen's Gambit and other roles she's played since. Uh, yeah. Was that the not the sh- not the chef? Was it called the chef? That horror sort of draw, not horror really, but like, oh, uh, was it? I think it was called the menu. That's it. You're right. That's it. The menu. Great. Yeah. Great weird movie. I like that movie a lot. I never um, saw it. Oh, it's it's weird. <laughs> I love weird movies. I'm going to go spoil, watch it right I'll spoil now. spoil it for you off cast if you want. Um, oh, don't do that. Okay. Well, it's, it's been years. I didn't know if you were interested in it. But it's, it's a, It came out in 2022. It's been years, man. Yeah, multiple years. Clearly, multiple years. Um, <laughs> it does feel like a while ago. I, I guess because it was a, I think it was a 2023 like movie Oscars contenders. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't care. Remember. Whatever. Uh, it's weird because she was she's such an Oscar darling now, but to know that she was in the New Mutants like back then feels weird. Like it's that was a while ago, and it feels like her being a small character in New Mutants is is cool <laughs> and, and weird. She wasn't a small character in New Mutants. Like she I just was mean one small character. Ones, all know? characters in New Mutants were small. <laughs> That's fair. The movie was small, <laughs> right? Like, and not to say it was bad. It had its it had its uh moment, but like the fact that it, it she's a Lesser known Marvel character is what I was getting at. Not sure. that she's a small movie character in that movie. But now being considered for uh, Silver Surfer, what do you think? I, I, that, to get back to the story. No. <laughs> no? No Silver no. Surfer for her? No, not Silver Surfer. Who who you think? No. I think she she does really I... well with like the flat affect, um, which, again... <laughs> I, I know very little of the Silver Surfer except like some of the cartoon and uh, the Rise of the Silver Surfer portrayal that I saw in the '90s or whatever. No, Rise of the Silver Surfer was 2000s, 2003, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. It's around the same Spider-Man 2000s era. Oh, sorry, it's 2007. Wow, wow, that's later than I expected. Yeah, I, I thought so because I know that Spider-Man was like the first of the big Marvel successes uh, spider-man and x-men both came out in 2000 X-Men. i think yeah um and those were the big like whoa <laughs> kind of like marvel's doing marvel's, cool stuff marvel could do things and i think fantastic four kind of followed that trend 
Yeah, they they tried to ride on those coattails. Yeah, yeah. I think Anya Taylor Joy though would be a good fit for uh, Sue Storm. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Like if they're doing a younger team or a yeah. younger F four, you know. Yeah. Which I have no idea what they're going for, especially with the rumors of Pedro Pascal as uh, Mr. Fantastic. Let's not put him and Anya Taylor-Joy together. That would be really weird. Yeah, that would be a little weird. A little weird. (laughs) Um... Anyway, well, that's 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 the news we had uh, for today. Well, uh, we kind of got a we got we got a number of feedbacks. Choose your own adventure, Jeff. This okay. is for you. You, you uh, we got we got feedbacks that are just sort of general feed. We got three three tranches of feedbacks in our dock here. We got tranches. Uh, <laughs> uh, regular old term. like feedback that's you know just stuff that has nothing to do with the Marvels or Loki. And then we have the okay. Marvels, and we have Loki feedback. What do you feel like talking about? Oh, I'll tell you what I feel like talking about right after this. Oh, a tease? And we're back. <laughs> Jeff, why would you yeah. wait people? Why'd you tease, tease us all like that? Oh, it's, it's, it's rough. I figured that was a good cliffhanger, you know? It was, it was. Well, what, what would you prefer to talk about? Uh, well, Loki's the most fun, right? Okay. Loki's the, uh, yeah. the best thing that happens in sliced bread, right? I do I do love it. I do love it so much. And you and Ashley have been taking all the Loki feedback. I haven't gotten to talk about any of it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, we did the Marvels last time you were on. Yeah. All right, well, yeah, let's dive into some Loki feedback then. Okay, then. All right, so first up, we got a feedback from a patron, Andre Sparks. Andre Sparks debate with... <laughs> see what I did there? See what you Hey, Ashley, Matt, and Jeff. Hope you're all doing well. After Loki, I had a thought. I don't think we ever got the answer to the question, why is the sacred timeline so important? Here's a thought. Because Kang is fearful that Iron Man could take him down. Is it possible that He Who Remains set up the flow of time in a way that Tony Stark died while fighting Thanos, giving Kang the opportunity to invade time? Maybe Kang wants to take out the smartest people in the MCU. Mr. Fantastic and Professor X have already been taken out in uh, the A38 universe. What do you think? Do you think this was his plan? Why do you think the sacred timeline is so important? Keep up the good work, Andre. Um, I don't know if I would say the sacred timeline is important, except that in his version of reality, it's the only timeline that can exist. The way he explains it is just like this I had to choose to protect one timeline or they would all go, right? Like, that's the way he explains it. And then he kind of explains that if he doesn't protect a single timeline, then that time, the timeline will be invaded by infinite Kangs and a multiversal war will start. And it's just lots of chaos and destruction. Um, So I think, uh, I don't, I don't know that there is a reason except for that. According to him, and that's the only real narrative we have. But he could be lying. Oh, for sure. So there's a possibility <laughs> there's something else going with that. And also, I just assume it's the kind of like the fail-safe and everything with Loki season two. It's like, is it? It could just be that he needs the timeline to be this certain way, so that like like he's put a Victor Timely in a certain place ready to be the failsafe. He's done this he's done a few things. He's built the timeline in such a way to protect 
the timeline itself. So it seems sort of this like self repeating, self protecting timeline that he's created over time. And I also think that the sacred timeline has changed. Like I think he makes changes. He says it to Loki and Sylvie in, in the end of episode uh, six of uh, season one, he says, okay, listen, I'll remake the timeline so that you guys both get a place on it together. It's, it'll be weird because, you know, you two are the same person, but, you know, whatever. Miss Minutes said that. Oh, that's, you're right. You're right. You're totally right. Miss Minutes says that before they, they bump into Kang. And knowing now that Miss Minutes knew him mm-hmm. so well and was, like, so tied to him. Yeah. That could be just her way of trying to, like, to, to be that buffer and, like, mm-hmm. have him not be killed. Well, and that's the, that's the thing. Uh, that's a great point. You know, we talked about that at the beginning of season two. Why does Miss Minutes do that right before Kang offers them the other way? Like, to offers his back to her, basically. Like, says, kill me if you want. Um, before that happens, Miss Minutes offers them to go back on the timeline. Now that we know Miss Minutes is obsessively in love with He Who Remains... Like yep. it makes a lot of sense that even if Kang's plan was for her to come in and have the chance to kill him or take and take over, or kill him or take over, it makes a lot of sense that a obsessively in love clock lady was like, "Hey, how about I make you a place on the timeline? <laughs> like you can yep. come away." Um, so anyway, my point is, I think that e- apparently even, even Miss Minutes believes she can make changes to the timeline. So I don't think there's anything particularly special about the sacred timeline, except that it serves the purpose of being the only timeline. Right. Well, like it's the way that things happened to lead to this version of Kang being in control. Like he who remains like that it's. There's some wiggle room, right? Like right. that's why the there's like some variations can occur, like things can happen a little bit differently or whatever. But like based on what we saw in uh season two, it looks like there's multiple, like several different timelines that all can coexist as long as they have that similarity and are close enough, you know, not branching off enough to, right. to be too terribly different yeah. so that they can go through the loom. Yes. And so like that. That makes it to where, like, the sacred timeline, quote unquote, is like, is a little, it's a little shifty. It's a little squiffy. It could be any of those. Yeah. Which we've talked about since the first episode. How does that work? And we've talked about how it looked like an undulating group of timelines. Yeah. And it apparently is. The loom just has to tie them together so that they don't cross the red line. They don't cross the streams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The streams. So they don't get outside the red line. Yeah. So. I want. Oh man! And there was a there was a behind the scenes thing um, that showed the the scene with Victor Timely uh, in his workshop and the the thing on the screen, like because it was one of those you know it was a, a shot of the camera or it was a shot of like the monitor uh, for what was going on and it had on on the screen that it was uh, Paradox was talking. Yeah, like, it named oh, yeah. him Paradox. Yeah, yeah. Good call. I did. I forgot to mention that. So um, with him being referred to as paradox, that makes me think that he who remains grabbed a younger version of himself and stuck him in the timeline there in a place where like he could, you know, he could just grow up and eventually uh live and die like normal. Yep. Unless something happened to him and mm-hmm. he needed a contingency 
and said, you know, if I die, give this book to him, and that will spark a whole thing of, you know, a big variation there, and like create this guy who can, uh, you know, who can fix everything and bring me back, basically. Yes, which that's what I that's my theory has been for mo- like a month now, whatever. That's that's what Victor Timely was, but. The thing is, he didn't fix it. So, like, and as far as we could tell, was never meant to. So, what was Victor Timely then meant to do? And the only thing I can think of is he was meant to spaghettify. And what does spaghettify do? And my thinking is like maybe, and we uh, we've had I think feedback to this effect, and I, and I like this th- theory that when he spaghettified it spread Kang throughout the multiverse. Like, like, like that hmm. creates the multiversal war because like Kang's spaghettified corpse <laughs> for basically is spread around the timeline. I'm not sure that that's what I would go with. That seems a little gross. Uh, just like, <laughs> yeah. Cause it, like the spaghettification just looks like a very brutal death, but if it's like, parts of him being divided, you know, amongst all of the various timelines, that would be, that'd be super gross. And I don't know if I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I think the, the, the whole thing of it with he who remains is that like, that was his plan and he was planning for Loki to come back or whoever to come back there and have that chat with him and like, see that like, of course, everything's going to blow up. Everything is, you know, I, I have, crafted everything in such a way that like this is just this is the ultimate way or like this is the only way that this can end like mm-hmm. this is the the ultimate decision you have to take over i don't want to do this anymore and i wonder like that was his plan but then that didn't quite work out because loki decided no i'm going to do it my way i'm going to do it a different way i choose i choose option c yeah that's what that's what I'm hoping. I really hope that what he did there was not part of he remains his plan, and that maybe we do get another multiversal war, but without like it's just kind of interesting like the whole series is it's been all Kang's plan all along, Kang all along it like, he <laughs> paved the road, he is Agatha, he paved the road, he got you here, and then you had to make this decision. You make the decision, and then the entire second season is just them getting rid of the failsafe. So, like, the failsafe that was supposed to be there to create the multiversal war that would cause him to come back is no longer there. So, like, now we have a truly free timelines, but that's going to lead to more Kangs, which will lead to more problems. But it's just a matter of, like, it. there is no expectation of he who remains this time. It's just, like, a whole new timeline. A whole new multiverse that is allowed a to whole live. New multiverse. <laughs> oh man, a new fantastic form of green. Um, I don't know. A uh, new fantastic Yggdrasil. <laughs> man, I still like golly that ending. The the idea of him at the center of Idrisil and it like tying into the loom and the multiverse. I didn't see that coming. Not one little bit. And it like, Nope. That's the kind of stuff that I like watch this stuff for, man. It really is. The, the way that like the, that, 
that black and gold material that mm-hmm. that the citadel was made of and and sitting on like all of that crept up onto his head and came out to be his horns like yeah oh so cool yeah i'm i'm watching it right now as we're talking it's so good man it's so so good <laughs> but anyway to 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 get reiterate back to andre's question i i I don't know. They, they they might do something with that where the sacred timeline matters, but in my mind, he the story of He Who Remains is over. Like I think that we're done with He Who Remains now. Um, the the whole sacred timeline thing was a Loki thing. It helped us to understand how the multiverse works, to maybe understand the Kang and and, and his variants and like how they work. Um, by the way, we, we previously talked about it on a feedback episode. Me and Ashley could not remember what happened to Victor Timely. Like when 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 he goes out there to uh when Loki goes out there, had he already gone out or was it before? And it was before. We couldn't remember. It was before. Yeah. Yeah. So Victor um, Timely did survive and is in the TVA. Yeah, that that version of Victor Timely is has survived and is in the TVA, but didn't he also like? Didn't there also show a, a clip where like uh, that young Victor Timely was just like he he just existed in Chicago without yeah, getting the book? Exactly. So like, I guess he reset. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if like that's a new variant, or if this Victor Timely is still. It, it, like you said, if it, it does he not? Because that's not the way the multiverse works in this scenario, right? Like we we've seen the multiverse when there's a difference in the way someone was raised or whatever. It's just a variant. So like yeah. that Victor Timely should still exist at the TVA, but they don't show him. They show all the other characters and where they ended up. They don't show Victor. So like I don't know. I don't know why we don't see Victor. Hmm. Um, unless, unless it has something to do with the the drama happening with the actor, and they had some sort of like last role for yeah. him at the TVA, and then they just had to cut it for 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 reasons of changes they're making. You know, I I wonder if there could have been another scene like at the end of um, Ant Man and uh, Quantumania, at the end of Quantumania, where there was you know the the council or whatever of mm-hmm. Kangs and. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. having them talking about like, oh, the uh, he who remains, or you know, whatever the whatever they referred to him as, like, oh, he's done, he's gone, his plan failed. Uh, so now, you know, the multiverse is wide open. Yeah, yeah. Except in that world, those Kangs wouldn't exist at that point. They wouldn't have any recollection of of a he who remains universe. You know what I mean? Like maybe. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 hard to know. Um, if they're watching the timeline the same way that that he who remains was, like you know, like Kang does, like he's you know he's got a view of time. Well, as, as far of. as I understand it, though, he is the only Kang. Like that's the whole point of he who remains. He's the yeah, one. He's that's the last left. one left. Right. So like they would have to somehow have been viewing him while they didn't exist, which may be possible through technology or whatever. They may have had some. Uh, like view of the past of what happened on the timeline before. Um, man, this scene is stunning. Golly, <laughs> just absolutely stunning. And, um, we, we, we'll, we're nearing the end here, but, uh, we got one feedback here from our buddy, John Irons. And I feel like we got to hit that. 
Oh, in the in the non Patreon feedback, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from you, know, you got to call John out like that. But no, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, J- John's our good friend, and he uh, does Captain Game Show. So um, check out Captain Game Show. It's a great like yeah. Captain Game Show was so fun. It's so much fun. It really is. It's word wordplay game show uh, podcast. You know, I love to play with words. Mm, you do. You do. <laughs> Put those words down, Jeff. Ooh. <laughs> Stop playing with them. <laughs> you can't play with your words in public like that. Yeah, Come on. You find some privacy to play with your words. <laughs> All right, so John says, it was so effing perfect. I guess talking about the, the ending. Yeah. Random stuff that occurred to me. At the end of Thor Ragnarok, Asgard was destroyed, but it always bugged me that it wasn't recreated. The Ragnarok myth isn't just destruction. It's the idea that it exists in a cycle and things happen over and over. So Loki ending at the beginning of the tree absolutely tracks. As OB pointed out in Science Slash Fiction, it wasn't a science problem. It was one of the heart. It wasn't enough that Loki was the protagonist of the story. He had to decide to be the hero. Loki reshaped the timelines into a more natural, quote-unquote, system. So there aren't new timelines, but the ones that already exist are stable now. Loki gave you one final hair flip, Ashley. Smile face <laughs> emoji. And the end reminded me of Avatar The Last Airbender. Aang is a pacifist, but the only way to save everyone is to kill the Fire Lord. It's an impossible choice. He asks everyone close to him for advice, not just friends, and ultimately creates a third option that no one predicted, but makes perfect sense. That's it. So now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to have a slice of key lime pie and watch this amazing show all over again. Love you guys 3,000 centuries later. P.S. Watching this episode again, it opens with a, a view in the midst of the chaos, then goes down the gangway and into the TVA with everyone inside. Given what we know now, it's cool to think this might actually be Loki's point of view. Oh, I love that. I love that. Mm. Yeah, it's what a what a wonderful ending. Thank you, thank you, John, for writing in. Um, yeah, I like the the more natural system, organic, even you know, yeah. like a tree. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. It feels like it's how the multi when, when I rewatched it just now as we were talking like I was like paying attention because the what's it, what what's so interesting to me is like this view from outside the multiverse and there's like in this in this view of it there's all this space around it too and yeah. you can kind of see in the background there's a little bit of more like wispy stuff like what's that you know what's out there you know what I mean like what is it's another tree <laughs> is it another tree are there is it trees on trees on trees out there like I don't know man it's yeah <sighs> Are there multiple Lokis sitting at the like center it's- of multiple Idrisils? <laughs> oh man, it's the it's the eleventh tenth. I think it's the tenth dimensional theory, or the tenth or eleventh dimensional theory of like, uh, you know, the the third dimension is what we experience as, uh, you know, space, right? Right. But we only get cross sections of the fourth dimension, time, mm-hmm. and so like. If you think of time as a line, or like everything that happens in time from the beginning of the universe to the end of the universe, whatever that one end is, that is everything in a line, in a straight line that would be a one dimension. So then if you think about uh, from that origin, that singular origin to all of the possible endings, you come into two dimensions, right? And then when you 
like you eventually get to like all of the possible beginnings of the universe and all of the possible ends of the universe and like everything that could happen you think about that as like some ridiculous number of dimensions higher than you know what we experience so like with that it could obvi- it could easily track to be like oh there's multiple lokis on mo- multiple yeah. igdrasils yeah, and they absolutely. just don't ever connect in any way mhm golly uh, it's such a it's such a beautiful ending uh i'm trying to like i'm re- reading over john's feedback to see if there's anything i like even to respond to john's just like this is so good <laughs> and i agree with him <laughs> <laughs> I love though that that he brings up the Ragnarok myth because it's oh, not yeah. it's not just destruction it's destruction and rebirth yeah like it's it's starting over and which I guess I was thinking the rebirth was their new existence on Earth I guess was my thought could be. but but like yeah it, it, this is definitely it's interesting too because this is a Loki from before that Ragnarok occurred you know yep so. <sighs> I just love it. I love the ending so much. <laughs> it's just so freaking beautiful. And we talked about it a lot in this episode about how like has those great dark moments. And this is one of those dark, like a moment that can be that dark and like sad, but also beautiful and touching. And it's so built on so, so such depth of storytelling of the Loki character from the very beginning to this moment. Yeah. Just can't like it's one of the best moments in the MCU. I I think I said it on a previous episode, and I don't know if you were here, but this is like this as an ending to a story is as good as Tony Stark. Like, oh yeah, as good as Tony Stark finally getting his ending, um, which was you know one of the best, one of the best endings to a character we've gotten in the MCU. This was this was right there next to it. I love it. So his last line in Iron Man, mm-hmm. I am Iron Man. That's right? right. And then his last line, you know, of life was, and I am Iron Man. And the snap. Yep. And the same, they did the same thing here. They did the same thing for Loki. Yep. Where he was like, for you, for all of us. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing he said to his father when he was hanging off the Rainbow Bridge. That's yep. so cool. Good connection. Good connection, Jeff. Golly. They couched him. They couched him in the same way. They did it. They did it, man. <laughs> Marvel still got it, baby. <laughs> they do. They really do. Like this show was freaking great. Um, and I, I say give. I, I'm re- it brings us back to the beginning of this episode. Michael Waldron uh, being uh, like tapped to write. Uh, anything Marvel going forward is a great thing. And yeah. so the idea that he's working on um, Kang Dynasty or whatever it may become uh, is just really exciting to me. Give Michael Waldron all the money. Let him give him all the projects. Give him all the money and all the projects. I'll rub his back. It'll be fine. <laughs> give him all the projects, all the money, and all the back rubs. Yeah. Specifically Jeff's back rubs. He lives, Jeff, you live close enough to LA. Like, you live in LA. You could like get over there and do back rubs for a yeah, Hollywood yeah, writer. Yeah, shouldn't be too far away, right? Yeah. <laughs> Marvel calls you, for, calls you for that. Like, Jeff, we noticed on your podcast. You on it. <laughs> He has actually recommended, he's asked for it in his contract that uh, Jeff Randall of the MCU cast give him back rubs every day. <laughs> you have to you have to drive into, you know, wherever in LA he lives and give him back rubs. Yeah, man, I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, 
Uh, all right, guys. Well, that's that's gonna be it for today for our here podcast. Um, we're gonna do. We're gonna be back more. For, actually, I believe we're gonna cover Captain America's First Avenger on Monday, which Are will we? be the episode that drops Tuesday. Uh, that's the plan. We hope you can be there, Jeff. I hope I can be there too. We'll talk about it. What am I doing on Monday? I've probably got some freaking doctor's appointment. You know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Every freaking time. <laughs> Every Monday. No, uh, we, but that's exciting. We're going to get back to our Infinity Saga rewatch now that we have some uh, have a break for like two weeks until we hit. We're hoping, because I think the next, the next movie after, ah, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. We were talking about maybe getting to Iron Man 3 for the holidays, but we're not going to make it. Unless we maybe if we do it every week, maybe if we do one every Monday, we'll we'll get to Iron Man three for the holidays. We have three weeks before um, the twenty second when what if starts. So yeah, yeah, we could we could pull it off. I think if we do it every Monday, because it'd be Captain America: First Avenger, The Avengers, and then Iron Man three. Yeah. Let's go for it, man. It's Christmas. We got to get to Iron Man 3. All right, we're going to try. Yeah. We'll, we'll do our best. Unless something crazy <laughs> drops from Marvel that we have to cover, I think we can pull it off. All right. Uh, Jeff, thanks for being here, bud. Of course. Um, My pleasure, always, sir. Always a blast to cast with you. Blast to cast. Blast from the cast. Um, peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here. And a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons. Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends.